Welcome back, everyone, to a brand new episode of the Movies and Brews podcast, where we talk movies and we drink some brews. I'm Jordan, and jamming through the screen here is the man that stole my car once, Daniel. Hello, hello. <laughs> Not true, but kind of goes with the theme of our movie today. Yes, yeah, today we are talking episode two of the CNN docuseries, The Movies, where they talk about the 1960s, as well as our main movie on tap, Bonnie and Clyde. So sit back, relax, grab a drink, and let's hope your getaway driver doesn't parallel park. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, I was just like, I'm like, what are you doing? I mean, I kind of got it. But also, at the same time, we are like, but no. Yeah, you can't be doing that. No. Well, before we get started here, what are you drinking on your end, Daniel? Uh, I got a Mohazic IPA. Oh, sweet. By Migration Brewing. So I've got here... Um, oh. <laughs> Camolas Tropical IPA. By Cold Fire Brew. Good stuff. I like it. All right. Yeah, Do you I've know Daniel? I've had that one before. I was what? having a I was having a good day today, and then I found out Eddie Van Halen died. Wait, really? Yep, dead at sixty five. You, weren't you just talking? Yep, like well, like last was that last week? Yeah, I guess it was earlier last week about going to see Van Halen since they were getting up there. Um, I think if they or was had, it Aerosmith? It was Aerosmith. Okay. But Van Halen, if they came back around or were in Vegas or something, yeah, I would want to go see them just because they are getting up there. 65. Damn, that sucks. Yep. Battling throat cancer for a while now. Had some good stuff going. It looked like for a while getting better there. But I guess this last year he's been uh, been kind of worsening. And then suddenly I guess the throat cancer just, just went everywhere. It went to his brain and just other major organs. And yeah. Damn. Damn. Yes, we lost. We lost. In my opinion, a legend today. (laughs) I think still a lot of people still listen to Van Halen. So soundtrack to my youth, man, or at least part of the soundtrack to my youth. God, Van Halen used to play "Hot for Teacher" in my mind every time I sat in Mrs. Colasuano's class. I don't know who that is, but I guess (laughs) she was hot. Yep, and a teacher. (laughs) I never had a hot teacher. Oh, At least wait, a couple. You know, actually, that's a lie. Uh, summer school Spanish teacher. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, damn shame, man. Damn shame. Because, you know, I'll tell the story. I don't think I've shared it on this podcast before. So a few years ago, that's probably 10 years ago now at least. Maybe even 15 years ago. Whenever, Anyway, it was like 2006 or seven, I think, when uh, Van Halen went on a tour for the first time in a while. They were back with Daily Rock. His son was going on tour with them as their bass player, Ben Halen's son. And so anyway, that Christmas, I received a dish set. You know, something you get in a box set, you know, from Target or Fred Meyers or Kohl's or something. All right. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, cool. You know, probably needed this or, you know, did need it. Cool. Well, then later that day, I find out by our parents. They're like, 
we hope you like your new dish set. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, it's good. Yeah, it was either that or Van Halen tickets. I'm like, that's such what? a dick move to tell your kid. Like, are you kidding me? This or Van Halen tickets? And you chose this? Dishes? What? I would have, you know, eaten off paper plates for a year to go see Van Halen. Uh, that's just a horrible thing. I don't know why, that, especially same day. That's like something you tell them a few years later, you know? Same day. That just seems like such a dick move. It's like mom and dad telling me, oh, yeah, they like have a little black book of things they were playing to get us for Christmas and the years. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, we were going to get you a Millennium Falcon Lego set, but, you know, they were out. I'm like, well, they weren't out for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> there are different iterations. I still have yet have never received a Millennium Falcon Lego set. They're pretty sweet. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't tell me that. Dick move. Yeah. Yeah, but man, I love that band. So many good tunes, uh, just so good stuff. Anyway, all right, moving on here. I guess I was thinking once again, we'll just kind of get into things. We'll skip movie news and you know, other things we saw. Unless you got something big that's come out movie news-wise or anything that's kind of hit the waves big. Not Other really. Just, just everything more, gets movie, delayed, just more delayed. movie delays. Yeah. Delay, <laughs> delay, delay. Yeah, I heard 007 got delayed again. Which is fun. Seven, if, I mean, double, we'll just talk about that. It's not really like big news because like 007 got delayed again. Black Widow is now delayed for May of 2020, literally a full year, because I think it was originally slated for May of this year. Yeah. And I think Dune also got moved to October of next year. Well, yeah, I, I don't know. We get, again, we got a, it's an engine that has to start getting going again before I would put out any, if I was a studio, before I put out any really big movies. Because, yeah, I don't want to, even if it's a big movie, people haven't gone for a while. People still need to get used to the feeling of going again, I guess. Makes sense. Right. Well, bummer. I was talking to somebody earlier today. I'm like, I want to see Tenet really bad, but I want to do it the right way. I don't want to see it, you know, video on demand on my TV at home. I want to go see this in a theater. Same with Bond, same with Top Gun. I don't know. You'd have to double check. There's a theater. I think it's in Salem. I don't remember if it's second run or not. I have the link saved somewhere, but like if you dish out, I, I think it's like 80 or it's probably like $120 to rent out an entire thing. And you can have 20 people in there that oh. you know, five bucks. Ahead. I'm like, man, that's one way of seeing movies, but I don't think they have like new movies. <laughs> That'd be fun to, but, to watch uh, something like Terminator 2 or Star Wars in. Yeah, you have to exactly. charge your friends like five, ten bucks a head, depending on how generous you feel like being. Yeah, I mean, it's not bad. No, not at all. But I'd have to double check. Those numbers could be wrong. But yeah, all right. So, no real movie news. I mean, like I said, all I saw was more delays, which makes sense. <laughs> delay, delay, delay. All righty. Well, so this last week we watched episode two of the movies. 
they talk the 1960s and what a lot of information in movies they talk about when you have a whole hour and a half to one decade. Right. I mean, I know it was like, it was a lot more comprehensive. They're still like rapid firing movies. Mm-hmm. And you know, this is just like nitpicky at this point, since this is obviously a, like a docuseries that originally aired on TV. Mm-hmm. But I just get so annoyed every few minutes. It, just flashes the the card like the movies, the movies. and then two seconds later flashes it again the movies like back from commercial break i'm like could you not have figured out a way just to edit that out yeah you know? that, would, that would have been nice while you're taking the commercials <laughs> out take that out as well because it's every few minutes yeah i mean yeah, it well, makes for good potty breaks like that's just hit pause right there <laughs> i guess but at this point if especially like downing these episodes like on a regular basis that's really i mean it's episode two and that's already starting to annoy me <laughs> is it yeah but, um, oh man such good movies they again once again though i'm watching this and i'm like ooh, that'd be good to see Ooh, i want to watch that Ooh, that that ooh, that that oh yeah and, and that cool yeah no i gotta put that on my list gosh there's there's so many of these movies i'm like ah <laughs> i added 17 to my list already oh wow because cool. all of these i'm like all right well i at least need to and then they went through the whole section on the Westerns. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I've never seen a Clint Eastwood Western for, somehow. Same here, to my knowledge. I guess, I don't know. I, that's kind of one of those things your dad had to be into it. Our dad was more into Star Trek. But well, dad has all of those movies. I guess he kind of had a few. Why didn't we ever watch them with him? Did they just I don't look know. boring just, as kids? He never showed me, got me into Westerns. Well, he did a little bit. Because I do have an affinity for Westerns. I've just been lagged way far behind. Because I'd like to watch some of these classics. I mean, I'd love to see the the original True Grit Grit with uh, John Wayne. That'd be great. Uh, What were some other ones they talked about? But yes, Clint Eastwood stuff, like the Man With No Name trilogy. I've never seen that. Right. I know. I've never seen it. That's why I'm like, oh, if I went back, that's the first thing I'm watching. But then they also talked about what was it? A John Wayne movie called Oh Who Shot Liberty Valance? Yes. What it's called? Which sounded really interesting when somebody talked about how it almost feels like a bookend to John Wayne's very first uh, cowboy movie or western when he was really young. And now he's old and grizzled and you know, not technically the same character, but when the way he's talking about, I'm like, oh wow, that sounds really good. And it's got the uh, same actor from Wonderful Life. I always forget his name. I don't know. I was like, I guess I was really entrenched when they started talking about the westerns of like how many of these classic westerns I still haven't seen. Yeah. No. Same. Same. Uh, Yeah. Jimmy Stewart was the classic actor. Yeah. But yeah, of course you got a lot of like Vietnam stuff going on, or at least starting starting up around the early 1960s and. Uh, some of my favorite films that I still need to see that they talked about as far as like they're just my favorite to hear them speak about was uh, Spartacus and just a lot of these like big epics like that um yeah that was kind of cleopatra that i thought learning about cleopatra is interesting but yeah like in the 60s they finally like we start touching on you know like tv's going like tv's hitting its stride and so the movie business starts to decline because they're like well why would i pay money when i get some free entertainment at home and so then the they talk about which is I like how that's the reason, like, it makes so much sense. Like, I'd never thought about where the blockbuster came from, you know, but that's where it came from was the need to get people back to the theater. So they have to give you bigger 
better things that make it worth going and learning about cleopatra pretty almost like bankrupted was it fox at the time that they had to sell off part of their back lot uh yeah i think it was fox fox or warner brothers but i think it was fox which i wrote down cleopatra i'm like oh man if this almost bankrupted the entire industry is what they were saying i'm like i at least have to watch it yeah a a more recent version of that this would have been like i don't know i guess it's not super recent but like titanic most expensive film ever made at its time this would have been like that movie making no money instead of becoming the greatest biggest box office of all time if it'd be like if that movie just was a flop yeah guaranteed it would have. <laughs> i like that's something they they talked about too it's like you know and i think eventually like i think we've already seen that already repeat itself in modern history where like you know things get so bloated that they can't possibly make their money back so then everything gets kind of gets scaled down because you've already seen that in our lifetime again of just like movies that's just like people throw money at it nothing happens and so like because we're seeing i think now more i mean we still have a lot of blockbusters but we definitely have a better i guess level playing field of a lot of like smaller but viable movies and then we also still have our blockbusters like i think it's more even now than it was and back I, then. I like having a variety of the two myself personally because there's some big blockbuster movies that i you know i love like i mean like uh, my pacific number one anticipated rim. movie what's that pacific rim a pacific rim yeah my <laughs> number one anticipated movie this year was top gun you know that's gonna be a large scale big budget film couldn't wait for it. Mm-hmm. but then i love you know i love the independent films because especially like they tend to have just better storytelling in general for the most part because they especially then they have to get a little more creative with their lower budgets if they want it to be successful yeah and i noticed with a lot of actors these days too they do a lot of like i'll do a movie for you then a movie for me like they'll go do a big blockbuster movie for the studio and then go to an independent film where that they have a chance of getting an oscar yeah i know you I've definitely that see a, that a lot more yeah i've noticed that with a lot of actors it's just like a constant back and forth between the two movie for you movie for me even directors kind of do that too. I'm going to go do a low budget film over here. Then I'll do your big blockbuster Thor Ragnarok over here. Right. Cause I know like in the lower budgets, especially for on the scale of director, you have less oversight. You kind of just get to do whatever. Cause you know, if it doesn't light the world on fire, well, we still don't lose that much money. But if you don't light the world on fire with Avengers Endgame, that costs $400 million. Yeah. You're fucked. And we're yep. going to end your career. <laughs> yep. <laughs> But uh, as far as the 1960s go, uh, there's some. Are there any? What are some movies on your list? Are like, oh, I need to watch that. Oh my god. Okay, so Spartacus was the first one I wrote down. Uh, Lawrence of Arabia. Mm. But the mm. first, like, those were kind of just like, okay, I've heard about Spartacus and Lawrence of Arabia, two movies that I should have definitely already seen by now. But the first one that they talked about that I'm like, oh, that sounds like something I'll actually be interested in more than like the other. The first two was The Apartment. That rom-com yes. about a guy trying to climb his corporate ladder so I he need... rents out his apartment to the CEOs to have affairs with like people in their offices. You there. should watch it. I need to watch it again. It's been years, but it is a good movie. I've, I've, I need to yeah, maybe I'll watch that tonight. But yes, it is That's a just... great movie. But The Apartment and then, oh, I think the one I have after that, which also have a lot of high interest in watching right now is The Manchurian Candidate. Mm-hmm. Again, movie I've heard of, didn't really know 
I knew the the phrase Manchurian Candidate, but not actually knowing what the movie was about. And well, then there, the there was a Denzel like, Washington remake like 10, 15 years ago. Oh, okay. I didn't even hear about that. Was okay. it still called was it called something different? Same name. Okay. And then, you know, and obviously I wrote down like Cleopatra, but I also wrote down just a few other like a bunch of other things like The Producers by Mel Brooks. I have seen that movie, but watching I'm like I need to check that movie cuz I saw it when I was a kid and liked it. I think I need, I need this, to watch it. I've always seen was it Men in Which Tights? Also, I yeah, I have to this day never seen Young Frankenstein or the producers i i guess uh spaceballs is his right yeah i've, I've seen spaceballs yeah. okay definitely watch the producers because i was also sh- was also funny to hear what was it gene wilder that was his first movie um yeah i think so first i think they said his film debut was bonnie and clyde as far as first time in a film but i think producers came out the same year oh, okay i could look it up real quick here okay but yeah you know we got all this other stuff. And then they were talking about Steve McQueen. I've never seen a Steve McQueen movie. Yeah. So I wrote down same. a couple of those because like the two, like the, the prison escape movie that they were talking about. And then also the, uh, bullet. the w- bullet. Yeah. And I just like loved the idea. Cause I think it was Edgar Wright who was talking about that, who did baby driver, which I fucking love. Okay. But yeah. So, producers uh, and Bonnie and Clyde came in, came out in 1967, same year. Okay. But, um, but Edgar Wright was talking about like the car chasing. He's like so very Steve McQueen. How like he notices some guys tailing him instead of trying to lose him, he just turns the car around and starts chasing them. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like that's so fucking badass. I, I need to see this. Well, and you know, uh, did you rec- recognize I'm from The Great Escape? Um, so you know, in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Rick Dalton's talking about auditioning for that movie. You remember the show him in the the spot of steve mcqueen in the prison yard do you remember that oh no i didn't remember that okay i probably didn't realize that that was because i had never like i said never seen a steve mcqueen movie i have heard of him but i've never seen a single movie he was in but after watching like that i'm like oh yeah i definitely need to start like just go through some steve mcqueen movies because those look like a lot of fun action movies but I mean, like, yeah, and then we also talk about Who Shot Liberty Valance, but I also Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Yes. I mean, like, pretty much that entire, like, Anything Western. Paul Newman, like, Cool Hand Luke, The Hustler, which I have seen The Hustler. That is a beautiful film, shot in 1961. I also wrote down those ones. Wrote down both those. So I'm like, yeah, I just, I need to get my movie education. <laughs> like, and so I'm like, I wrote down all the ones that I'm like, these sound really cool. Also, I've heard of these surprisingly i didn't write down west side story but i still need to watch that as well but that was the first thing that they showed but yeah i don't know like again super enjoyable i like literally wrote down 17 movies that i piqued my interest that's just for the 1960s (laughs) that's just for the 19 fucking 60s doesn't include your list from last week for five decades and then what you're probably going to see this next week in the 70s (laughs) yeah exactly it's like holy shit I, I have some work to do, but I also have quite a few that I want to watch. Well, shall we get into some Bonnie and Clyde? So, Bonnie and Clyde, 1967. I'm glad we watched this because I, to this day, had never seen that movie. And heard all about it. Heard it's just an absolute classic. I have a friend, actually, he was the Trent who was on our uh, Goodfellas episode. He said he's seen this movie probably around 30 times. Like, he it's one of his favorites. And so... 
yeah, there's definitely an audience out there that loves it. But yeah, Warren, Warren Beatty, or Beatty, Warren Beatty, Faye Dunaway, Michael J. Pollard, Pollard Gene Hackman, and of course, Gene Wilder. <laughs> yeah. So what were some of your opening thoughts of that movie? Okay. So I was excited to watch it. Like I'd seen it, like it, I remember coming through HBO and it's like, oh yeah, the the 1964 Bonnie and Clyde movies on here. So I'm like, oh, gotta add that. Definitely want to watch that because I've heard of the movie. I've never seen it. And so I was excited to watch, especially since I like true crime. So I've definitely like listened to like hours of podcasts on the Bonnie and Clyde story. So at least sometime earlier in the year, possibly late last year. I don't remember when the series came out. But like, so I have some like more like factual knowledge. I'm like, okay, that'll be fun. Like, it'll be fun just to check it out and just watch like how they're perceived in the movie to how they're kind of like actually were in real life to at least some extent. Like, I'm not a fucking expert, but. Sharing screens with you so that. I at least had some background for the like the actual uh, people that were Bonnie and Clyde. But no, I, I really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, was actually kind of surprised at a few of like the more violent scenes, especially since it's 1964. Like, but, and apparently this was one of the first movies to use like blood packs that would explode. Yeah, I mean, this, this was a rated R film, which kind of pretty low to today's seniors, but rated R film, one of yeah. the just... Yeah, bloodiest violent movies of its time. It was the first movie where you ever saw somebody like basically shoot and in the same shot see somebody get hit. Yeah, okay. Before that, that, it was always, you know, you see the guns go off and then you see people falling over and things like that. And you just see somebody grab their arm, just like, ooh. Yeah, or just like <laughs> camera cuts to them on the ground and just laying there, maybe blood pouring out underneath them. I mean, yeah, first time we ever first... saw somebody you know, fire a gun and then the same shot, somebody else get hit by it. And that's when the cop or the, the guy at the bank was chasing him, trying to like get on, ride his car, and they shot him through the window. I, I literally wrote that down. I was just like, I was kind of fucking shocked. Because I was just like, what? I'm like, it's literally just like, boom, like glass shatters. You just see the blood spatter. And I'm just like, dude, that, he shot him right in the mouth. It, it's a great shot. I mean, not yeah, just like not like gunshot, just... but I mean like a great cinema shot. Yeah, I was just like, well, <laughs> it was kind of like holy shit. I wasn't expecting that, and then it hits you with it. So I can only imagine a 1960s audience reaction. Yeah, if you've never seen that before, or like especially you know again seeing the shot go off and hit the person in the same shot, never seen it before ever. All of a sudden you're like. Holy cow! Did you see that? I mean, I'm sure there's that was how it was in theaters. Oh my god! Did you just see that? Did you see that? Oh, oh my gosh! Oh, good. Okay, I did read about that. Sorry, I saw you pull up the trivia page. Yeah, but like that's like one of the most insane pieces that I heard about was Warren Beatty, who stars as Clyde. Um, the studio, he was the producer on the movie, and the studio had so little faith in the movie because they're like, yeah, the gangsters films are over and done with like no, there's no real interest in this but they gave him 40 percent of the like whatever the movie made and it made like 50 million dollars adjusted for inflation isn't, isn't that crazy so he made so much fucking money uh off of this movie <laughs> 
And he also got paid. He also got paid the flat fee to produce and act in it too. Yeah, so he got, still got paid to produce and act in it, and then boom, major payday came like a year later, probably after all the box office was said and done. Yeah, like, thank you, Warner Brothers. But I feel like I'm like I get it's. I'm glad, like I said, how we kind of touched on like uh, Doctor Strange of like it's one of those movies that like so many people talk about, it, but I don't get why people talk about it. Like I don't understand. But with this movie, I'm like, oh man, I get it. Like, also, it definitely helps that I also do enjoy movies like these already. But I just really enjoyed the characters. Like Bonnie and Clyde were great. Um, Their chemistry was like instant too. We, we I mean, uh, first off, before we even see them, I love the opening how it describes her. <laughs> she was a waitress before she started her career in crime. <laughs> yeah, which also that was the first off the first thing that I really liked is during the opening credits in between like name cards and like, you know, producer credits and all that you get actual like pictures that they took, like the actual Bonnie and Clyde took that they have like just showing on screen in between the title cards, which yeah. I thought was really cool. Which I thought that was really cool. And yeah. And then they give a brief description of the two. Then we just jump right in. We got, Bonnie up in a room, Clyde's about to steal her family's car, and then she comes along for the ride. Yeah, and then it just, which I was also very shocked at how it starts so fast. Like, within seven minutes, she's all falling head over heels for Clyde. Because oh, he robs that store, they take off, and she's like, oh my god, you're fucking awesome. And then starts like jumping like, on him. No T. I guess back then, yeah. No TV, no Tinder. There's just nothing going on. <laughs> First nothing guy's paying attention to me in months, so fuck it, let's go. <laughs> and also, depression era America. There is mm-hmm. literally nothing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, although this brings me to like one of the things that I've heard about this, and knowing like a little bit of historical accuracy, <laughs> I had heard. I don't know why, and I tried to find out why, and it all just said it was a last-minute rewrite that for some reason they made Clyde impotent for the movie. Uh, okay, so that's not based on any real... I thought that was based that on... Is, re- that is made up strictly for the movie for some fucking reason. Really? Okay. Like, I, I don't know that, if I thought it first, that like, scene where they're in bed kissing and then things starting to go another direction, it was so awkward. <laughs> I, I wrote, I'm like, God, that was fucking awkward to watch. And then you get like a weird payoff. It's like, yeah, like in the last act of the movie, Clyde and Bonnie had sex. And <laughs> yeah. Bonnie told Clyde that it was good. Probably <laughs> wasn't. But like, it, just, it was so weird. I'm like, why is that the creative choice that you went with? I'm like, why, why would that even be on the table? It just doesn't make sense. And it's not anything that was ever historically accurate. It's just something that they said they added to the script last minute. Jeez. I don't, I, I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> that scene cracks me up though. So I, again, I've never seen this movie up until last night. Uh, I didn't really know what to expect. I thought it was just going to be about the two of them going around. I had no idea that they're going to be joined by people. I mean, we get that, uh, the young kid is their driver. And then later yeah, on, CW. we get this- his brother yeah we get his brother and his wife i had no idea we we're gonna have a small little gang here yeah i didn't know about that either um as far as like the movie goes i knew 
like yeah because all you ever hear about is bonnie and clive like it wasn't until i actually like listened to that in-depth like podcast about them that i even knew or like had heard of any other person except for them but i also like since this is bonnie and clive i didn't think the other people would be in it because this is kind of like this whole movie is kind of glorifying bonnie and clive through and through right you know uh, it was fun i liked i joined i liked the other people that joined i thought that was just a good addition uh CW, I, know, I mean I like thought, gene hackman i'm or, like god what the fuck is his name but i'm like my first thought was oh lex luther from the original superman lex luther <laughs> but yeah, yeah i thought was cw was him. great though what, what how did they get him to join like they dared him they dared what they? i don't know like i think he was kind of like in it anyway because like he's totally okay with him and bonnie ripping through town like being criminals because i think he had already gotten out of jail recently i don't remember what they said he was in for but like i just felt like he was already like ready for it and they were just like yeah you want to come with us and he's like yeah sure fuck it yeah why not i'll be a gangster yeah i think that's when they went to missouri i think like, so. they're like yeah let's all go to vacation in missouri then they get in a shootout in missouri and then they're all just kind of together from there on out i think but I thought, and you know, when I saw Gene Hackman was going to be in it in the titles, I, which I didn't know he was in this before that either. Same with uh, Gene Wilder. Uh, I had no idea he was going to have that big a role in it, and I thought it was, I thought it was great. I mean, I just loved the whole, I loved the whole group of them together. Um, just so many great scenes. Uh, Bonnie and uh, was it Blanche just getting on each other's nerves. I, I just, and you can just see, I, I really like that dynamic because you can just see in Bonnie's eyes when she's just like internally like rolling her eyes, like, when will this bitch shut the fuck up? Yeah. When after you that know, like, shootout scene and they're getting away and she's just like, just, yes, remember, just shut up. Shut up. Yeah. I know. I, I really like them. I liked CW. He was kind of like endearing. Uh, but really just Bonnie and Clyde are the ones that steal the show but Gene Hackman is was awesome I'm trying, I'm trying to like, think if I've I guess... seen Faye Dunaway in any other oh Chinatown I've seen her in Chinatown she's Mrs. Mulray nice but I really I don't know I, I really liked the whole ensemble obviously like CW was kind of just like there for the most part until like it felt like as far as like the movie went it feels like his character was there just to be the getaway driver until they needed him for the end part to push the plot Mm -hmm. to them eventually getting killed in an ambush but he was just kind of like not really much of a character I I guess one one of my favorite scenes was the uh the scene when they go to steal gene wilder's car that's what i was gonna say and that is probably my they jump in they jump here. in her i guess his girlfriend or something someone's car and go after them <laughs> and then they, and then they, they give up turn. they give up turn around and then they they turn around and come after them they're like wait they're coming after us oh. but that was i know that gene wilder like they when you first i mean i just love the whole like that was probably one of the most humorous parts of the whole thing it's one of the ones that one of the parts i liked the most but like when you like kind of see the side of his face i'm like that looks like gene wilder and then the full on front i'm like no shit it's gene wilder and then i just 
like I said, like they steal the car. He's like, wait, that's my car. Then they chase after him and he's like, step on it, step on it. She's like, what if they have guns? You know, maybe we should leave it for the police to handle actually. And then they kidnap him and they just have a grand old time until Bonnie gets sick of him and kicks him out of the car. Kicks him out. Oh yeah. What what was the remark that made her say like, all right, get him out. It was after he said that he was an undertaker. That's right. I'm like, get out. I'm just like, oh, okay. Get out. But that whole scene where they're just like, ha ha, like uneasy at first. And then they're all just chilling, relaxed for the most part, at least as much as you could be knowing that it's still possible that you might get murdered. (laughs) So great. So good. Another great scene uh, that I loved was when the cop tries to sneak up on them and Clyde um, intercepts and then we just had the whole him handcuffed on the back of the car them taking photos and everything that I thought was a great sequence and how it ends with them throwing him on the boat yeah and just having like yeah just kind of fuck you dude you can just float around for a while handcuffed what else are you gonna do so I, I could say I mean spoiler alerts we're talking about an old movie here spoiler alert uh, at the end though I was kind of I was glad to see him come back, uh, especially when you see him uh, talking to Blanche in the, uh, I guess, the police station. Yeah. Maybe maybe it was the hospital because she was all banned. I don't know. But anyway, talking to her, I like that scene. But then at the when we get to the, we'll talk it in a little bit, the very, very end, and when he comes back, then I, just, I don't know. For some reason, I thought I, I liked, enjoyed seeing him, and I thought it was great that he, I guess you could say, got his revenge. Yeah, because, I mean, like, he's essentially hunting them down, especially after that, like, grave humiliation. It got yeah. personal. <laughs> I do love, uh, so back to the scene where they got him handcuffed on the back of the car, and Bonnie goes to kiss him. He pulls back and spits in her face, which, of course, sets off Clyde, and that's how he ends up in the water. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, I'm, I was honestly thought, I'm like, I, I'm like, I didn't expect this movie to be, like, really historically accurate, so I'm like, I honestly thought that like at that point he was just going to shoot him he's just like oh you spit on her I'm surprised I mean char- I think character wise if it he probably would have shot him <laughs> I don't, yeah I don't know I'm con- was going on. I was surprised myself he didn't just put a gun to his head and shoot him but uh, yeah what happened ends up happening is great uh, I'm just trying to think of another great scene I mean, there's just so many great moments especially between uh, when it's just Clyde and Bonnie I mean you got the awkward moment in bed scene um that scene right before uh, scene at the end like right before the grand showdown is great with just them in bed he asked her to marry her so uh one thing i didn't know that they don't really hit on in the movie but i guess the real life bonnie parker was married at the time and her husband was in jail see i don't i don't think i knew that what i looked up because like actually during the movie i kept like looking up stuff to kind of remind me of like who some of these people were Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the things I they and they don't I don't think they mentioned it in the movie, but apparently Bonnie had met Clyde two years before. Oh really? Yeah. And then he goes to prison, then he gets out, and then they meet up again, and then they both just kind of take off. Because the movie, yeah, the movie just kind of plays it as, yeah, just some gal at home bored, see someone guy tempting to steal her car. Some and, handsome, impotent man. Yep, and runs off with him. 
but yeah, apparently the real life Bonnie Parker had a husband that was in jail, and I guess they'd remain married up until her death. I mean, I guess legally married until she fucking died. Yep. But okay, one I wrote down like one of my favorite scenes. I think as far as the entire movie goes, besides the Gene Wilder scene, while I did like that, like I thought it was hilarious. My favorite scene was when they. Uh, I think it was like the second major robbery where they have like the whole barrel game, like you know Bonnie Clyde and his brother walk in, and you know that's when like that that's the scene where like the police officer goes for his gun, then Clyde shoots his hat off, and he's like, "Next time I'll aim a little lower." Mm-hmm. But they rob that bank, and then they flee to the Oklahoma border, or like or the border into Oklahoma. Yeah. But I just thought that was hilarious and like like the scene was fun, like the robbery, then the getaway driving was probably like it felt like the most high speed chase in the whole movie, which I really liked. Yeah. But then also intermittently cut between the high speed chase is the officer and what was it? Oh, it was the officer and just like the random bystander who were getting interviewed by the press, like, what was it like? And the officer's like, Well, I was staring death in the face and then gets his picture taken, <laughs> you know, and they're just like going through like, Oh, just kind of playing it up. Like, Oh, it was crazy. They were so mean. And I thought I was going to die. I, I do like yeah. when they go to CW's house and at first his dad is like super nice, super welcoming. Like, yeah, no, I've seen you guys in the papers. Yeah. And then they CW and his dad go in the house and he's like, what the hell's the matter with you? What are you doing with these people? He seems more. Pi- <laughs> I thought that was really funny, because like, like yeah, when it like it, the shoe drops, and he's like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" He seems more in that first scene. He seems more mad that CW has a tattoo than any other part of the situation. Yeah, that that, that was kind of funny to me too. He seemed yeah more pissed off that yeah, yeah like I said, tattoo on him, and then involved in a gang going around robbing banks. Yeah, and he eventually <laughs> starts talking shit about Bonnie and Clyde. Which I honestly, again, another thought was like, I thought when I was watching, I'm like, oh man, Bonnie and Clyde are like right outside. They're going to hear him. They're just going to come in and shoot him in the face or something. Yeah. I thought he was yelling loud enough. I'm like, well, for sure they can hear you. Why why are you making it so obvious? But I didn't know he was like the linchpin into them getting killed at the end either. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't either. Oh, what a, well, so did that ending surprise you? I guess we can talk about the ending now. I, I guess I was surprised in how it anticlimactic it seemed. Like, it just seemed so matter of the fact, even though this whole thing's been, like, playing up the legend of Bonnie and Clyde that I thought they'd go for a little bit more flair. Because they always go out, like, you know, Bonnie and Clyde go out in a blaze of glory. I thought they were going to play it up a little bit more, but it just seemed, like, a lot more subtle and subdued than what I was expecting. Yeah, I think it's supposed to just kind of come out of left field is the whole idea. Because I stopped to help the guy, then all of a sudden it's like, what? Well, what's going on? However, at the same time, while I was like expecting something more bombastic, I guess, the fact that it just, after they get killed, all you see, I don't even think there's any more words spoken after they're shot dead and all you see are the officers standing above them and Mm -hmm. then it just cuts to credit. Cuts, yep. Which I'm just like, that's it. No more words, no more nothing. Bonnie Clyde are dead, the story's over. Yep. I, I don't know. I still did, like I said, I was expecting a little bit more bombastic, but that does not mean that I didn't like the ending. Especially yeah. 
I, I did really like it. Yeah, I got I gotta say as a whole, I enjoyed this movie quite a bit. Definitely would rewatch it, and it's probably one that will grow on you the more you see it too. I have that kind of feeling about it. Uh, yeah, any other last thoughts on it? Nah, not like really. I again, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the subject matter to begin with, and I like gangster movies. And I'm finding that when I go back watching older movies, I think the sweet spot for me of like movie, a lot of movies that I've watched that I really like are from the 60s. I think it's like late 50s to like through the 60s are like the older movies that I really attach myself to. Yeah. Definitely definitely 50s, 60s, and 70s for me for the really, for the old, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I, I really liked it. I, I'm excited to watch more movies from the fucking 60s. Uh, if one, I can one, get one we didn't talk about that personal favorite of mine that I needed to go see again is The Graduate. Thoughts on oh, that? Yeah. Oh, I definitely... I, I've heard of it. It was on Hulu for a long time. I don't know if it's still there. It's on Prime right now. But it's one of those ones that's just on the list. It is. That's all I can say is it's on the list of things that I know I should watch. Yeah. But I am glad that I get to you um check another movie off my afi top 100 absolutely yeah i want to see uh midnight cowboy that's one on the list butch cassidy and sundance kid is definitely on the list um yeah. and the heat of the night is another one uh there was a i don't know it's it's a long list now oh yeah i literally like 17 movies added already so and I'm, it, there's this more. was nominated for a ton of Academy Awards, but only walked away with two. Nominated here, so what do we got? Best Picture, Best Actor in a Leading Role, Best Actress in a Leading Role, Best Actor in a Supporting Role, Best Actor in a Supporting Role, uh, twice it looks like here, Best Directing and Best Writing, as well as Best Costume. But it won for Best Actress in a Supporting Role, which was Estella Parsons, who played Gene Hackman's wife, and Best Cinematography. I could get the cinematography. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm trying to think of uh, what might have been. Let me see. I'm pulling up what was else was up that year. Okay. So, wow. Yep. Paul Newman, Dustin Hoffman, Warren Beatty. Oh, in the heat of the night. Yeah, that was one of the ones. As far we wrote as... down a couple of those movies because we had seen To Sir With Love, but also Racing in the Sun. Okay, but yeah, wow. So Estella Parsons, she won over Catherine Ross for The Graduate. Um, let's see, Durham Park. Yeah, wow. Oh, another oh, movie. Fairly modern, Millie. <laughs> well, where's uh, I want to see who won Best Picture that year. Uh, maybe it was. Let's see, Graduate got Director. Best Special Effects, Dr. Doolittle. Whoa. Oh, seeing like the clips from the original Doctor Doolittle, and like the arms being all stretched out, I'm like, <laughs> it just looked very weird. Uh, one thing we didn't talk about either is Bond was born that year. Essentially, not the books, but at least uh, the movies were born that decade. Oh yeah, and they went through those a little bit. Oh, here we go. Best Picture. So in the Heat of the Night one, Oprah, The Graduate, Doctor Doolittle was nominated for Best Picture. What? <laughs> really? Is that? Is it really that good? And guess who's coming to dinner? Oh, that was another one we, we didn't touch on. That I love that segment. Uh, they talk a lot about, um, pulling them up here, uh, Sydney uh, Poulter, 
Poitier? Poulter? I, I don't know. They talked about a lot of his films that came and I mean, he was huge back then. And it yeah, wasn't... I know. I wrote down uh, Raisin in the Sun because that one struck me the most. But Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, I also wrote down. Yes, I'd like to see uh, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner as well as Raisin in the Sun. And I've only but... seen the, the one where he teams up with a cop. That's the only one I've seen. Oh, the heat of, his, the, heat of the, the heat wait. of night or something. That is heat of I the think night, that's right? What that one's called. The only one I've seen is to Sir with love because that's one of Mom's favorite movies. Heat of the night. Okay, so that was but yeah. In the okay. heat of the night sounded really good too. I've seen heat of the night. It's uh, to Sir with love. I've never seen either. But yeah, yeah so many movies though. So many to see. Well, cool. I don't know. Good stuff, though, man. 1960s, yes. So many movies. I just want to go back. I want to watch another one tonight. Like, I just love watching these old films now. I'm, Same. I'm in the mood. I just want to see more. I want to see more. And again, Especially I just want to like. I want to take actors, some some directors, like Paul Newman. I just want to go watch one Paul Newman movie after another. Same with Dustin Hoffman. There's still so many movies of his I've never seen before, and he's been in so many good movies over the years. I know there's just so many more. I almost watched Rain Man the other night. Love that movie. Yeah, and like I don't know, there's just so many good movies. I already wrote down a ton, and there's so many more episodes of so many other movies that hopefully, as like the the episodes get more and more modern, I'll be like, okay, I've seen most of these movies, so the list won't get as exponentially large. But yeah, I, I think that know. that'll happen more in the '80s and '90s for me, probably, and of course, 2000s right but yeah all right well let's wrap it up here daniel that was a fun episode though um 1960s loved it bonnie and clyde definitely recommend if you have hbo max it's streaming on there check it out daniel where can they find us online they can find us online on instagram and twitter movies underscore brews i mean let us know watch the let us know if you've watched the docuseries what movies that you saw that looked interesting i don't know there's just so many and I'm really, I don't know, I'm just excited to watch more. Me too. All right. Well, hey, everybody. Thanks for downloading the podcast. Thanks for sharing it with friends. We appreciate it. And we will talk to you next time on Movies and Brews. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.